September 7th, 1927, Philo Taylor Farnsworth successfully demonstrated the first electronic television out of San Francisco, California. 20 years later, the number of U.S. homes with television sets could be measured in the thousands, and by the late 1990s, 98% of U.S. homes had one. By 2020, television has locked hands with the term streaming, and one of the biggest players in the game comes from the House of Mouse itself. This week on Slice of Disney, Disney Plus. Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. Something's happening. Something extraordinary. Something exciting. Something authentic and true. Everything changes now. And snap! Welcome to Slice of Disney, an awesome Disney theme park podcast. I am your host, Kelly Washington, Disney-obsessed enthusiast and real-life Tinkerbell. And I'm your co-host, Will Lentz, casual Disney-goer and real-life bingeable TV show. Really? Yeah. That's what you you went with? Yeah, it is what I went with. You think that playing pickleball and... (laughs) You think people want to binge that? I hope so, because uh, <laughs> half of what I do is this podcast, so <laughs> you better hope they want to binge it. That is true. Uh, <laughs> that is all, That is half of his life, guys, is this. Yeah, it's a pandemic. What, what are you going to do? Honestly, there's so many things that I watch that I feel like it's questionable, and I'm like, I just spent so many hours watching 90 Day Fiance. People, like... I don't even I don't even know what they're doing. I don't, they're sitting at a restaurant arguing, and here I am just well, consuming it. It's just you know it's a fantasy to just be out at a restaurant these days. So that is <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, so today we're uh, for our fortieth episode. Um, it's very special for many reasons. One, we're leaving the parks a little bit, going a little bit outside of the realm of the parks, and we're going to talk a little bit about. Disney Plus. And, you know, I I don't talk a lot about my relationship with Disney movies or Disney television. I know you can tell I probably am obsessed and have consumed all of it. This is accurate. But I'm excited to talk about it a little more. Yeah, we've had a number of people that have kind of reached out wanting to know our thoughts on Disney Plus, and I think uh, we have, for the most part, tried to focus specifically on on the parks and the attractions and things like that. But for the 40th episode, we thought it'd be fun to uh, to dive a little bit into the things that we watch and 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 honestly, like, look, there's been conversations lately about um, Disney as a company wanting to move more into the streaming space beyond just Disney Plus. So, like, it's clearly a trend that the company is taking. So it makes sense for us to, to take a deeper look at it too. And I think there's a lot of fun stuff that's happening there. So I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. I like that it's a mix of classics, uh, lots of new things to come. It has given, especially during the pandemic, a place to feel happy, family-friendly, uh, just good, good, wholesome content. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, and as someone that's like really into horror movies, as I think I have talked about on this before, um, it doesn't always have everything I'm looking for, but I it has an identity and one that I know if I want something that's light and easy to consume or like 
or as a comfort food in a way, I know I can pull something up there on Disney Plus. And um, and yeah, I think I think it's it's been really nice to have during a very trying year. There's another reason this episode is exciting. A little later, we're going to invite a very, very, very special guest. Yeah. Uh, we're inviting Garrett Poirier from uh, the D-plus cast, um, another podcast in which I am a part of, um, but also a friend of ours from, you know, back when we first met in the improv days. And, uh, you know, he's someone that's always been very into, um, like, kind of the decisions of the entertainment industry. He reads a lot about it, has a lot of really smart takes on um, sort of the direction that certain streaming services are taking and then and kind of the future of the business in that way. And so we thought that this would be a great way to, uh, a great person to have on and, and provide us some thoughts that we hadn't considered before. So super excited to be joined by Garrett. Yeah, I, I was, I was going to say he's someone who I feel like could have a conversation about a topic he's passionate about with a mirror or a <laughs> oh, brick wall. Oh, like, 100%, yes. He, he has so much passion that lives in him and has, you know, a Disney side, obviously, as the host of D Plus Cast. So uh, excited to have him join a little later. But before he does, let's talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with Slice of Disney and then get into Disney Plus. Sure. Uh, so we have some really exciting things. Um, we've kind of hinted and talked a little bit about it, but... We are launching our website and our Patreon. Yeah, the they should be live in February. I believe that's when we're planning on kicking them off. Um, the Patreon's going to offer a lot of cool stuff or like things that we think are cool. We're going to give you some bonus episodes. So obviously we out. have good taste. <laughs> yeah, we're going to give you some bonus episodes. Um, we're going to be doing... Uh, kind of like a monthly movie night sort of thing for our Patreon supporters. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff, so you should definitely check it out. And then also, we're excited to launch the website where you're going to be able to find all of our shows um, and updates about, you know, kind of things that are going on and ways to reach out to us. And just kind of everything in one place. Yeah, keep it organized. Um, that way, you can stream directly from there if you don't have one of the podcast streaming services. Uh, another thing that I'm excited that we're going to do, you know, I've, I've always wanted to do like one of those live or recorded podcasts. And part of the problem is the way that we do this is so much research goes into it. It's like, oh, it might not be the most fun to watch us do it live. But we want to do videos. We want to engage. We want uh, for you guys to be as much a part of this experience as we are. So we're going to start doing some YouTube videos yeah. as well. Um, excited to see how that goes. So we're releasing a lot more content because as we love this podcast and we love you guys, we want to grow this community and for it to be like-minded Disney people of all kinds. You can be obsessed like me. You could be a collector. You could go once a week. You could go once every 10 years. Doesn't matter. Um, that's why we have a Will and that's why we have a Kelly. <laughs> um, and so wherever you fit on that spectrum, join us and we have a lot of fun things coming up. Yeah. We're, we're, it's going to be a fun 2021. So get on board. What are you waiting for? Yay. Should we discuss Disney Plus? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay. How many streaming services do you have? Oh, this is a question that I think would be embarrassing to answer. Let's see. Um, I think I actually only have five right now. So I think I have, or I'm going to have six, but they're not all mine. I think that sharing with friends, you know, you kind of like, I can't say I have all of them under my name. Um, I might use other people's, which I hope that doesn't get me in trouble. 
Are you are you supposed to use other people's? I don't know. <laughs> well, we were talking actually. You know, to, to pull this back to Disney Plus, we were talking a little bit on the D Plus cast recently about um, it, streaming services are now struggling with uh, a, a, a term that has been around in tech companies for a long time, which is churn. And churn is when you lose customers when they cancel. So, um, you know, there one thing that we said that. I think makes sense is that some of these streaming services actually want you to share your password because the more users that you have that are connected to that account, the less likely you are to actually churn it. So if I have a Netflix account and I'm sharing that with you and Garrett and Bo or just other people or family members, if I cancel, I have to go through and tell all you guys, hey, sorry, I canceled. Um, and so it's, it actually increases the likelihood that I'm going to stick around if there's kind of a community that's in there with me. So I don't know if that goes in their decision-making process, but, you know, they're not ignorant. They know that people are sharing passwords. So I think they probably are likely to, you know, encourage that at least to a certain extent. Um, and then at a certain point, they just want to make more money from, from various people. So I don't think it, you're not going to get in trouble for it is what I'm trying to say. Okay, phew. I think it's funny that the streaming services, one, are like, ended up costing more than cable I feel like but how much you know we're consumed by it and how each one kind of has its own purpose um I'm gonna go back a little further than I thought because um so Disney Plus launched November 12th 2019 very very recent but it began a little earlier than that so in uh, late 2015 Disney launched a streaming service in the UK called Disney Life, uh, and it was to test the streaming market. I didn't know that. I'm jealous know. of the UK. It eventually got replaced uh, March 24th, 2020 by Disney+, Plus. but that was kind of where all of this began. Conversely, Netflix's streaming platform started in 2007. So this, you know, I was wondering, like, you know, the Disney Life, obviously, they weren't, like, the pioneers to the streaming medium, um, but... They weren't as late to the game as it initially see, seemed with Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I. it seems that there was a lot going on behind the curtains to make all this happen. All of these acquisitions. Uh, it, in August 2016, Disney acquired a minority stake in BAM Tech, which is a spinoff of MLB Advanced Media, which seems like this ginormous company because for a minority stake, it was a billion dollars. Um, which had an option to acquire a majority stake in the future. In 2017, they did acquire a controlling stake at BAMTEC for $1.58 billion, increasing their stake to 75%. So with this, that's when the plans um, to announce a Disney-branded direct-to-consumer service from its entertainment content was going to launch. That... They had this plan that after their, exist their existing distribution deals with Netflix, which was going to end in 2019, they were going to have their own service. So all of this was like the puzzle pieces putting together to make this happen. I remember when Disney Plus kind of got launched, uh, I was curious as to whether or not Netflix was actually going to intentionally take off some of the Disney movies because it's like, well, the more people that love this kind of stuff the more we promote it then the more likely they are to move over to disney plus once they have to leave netflix but i think we quickly got to a place where everybody just has multiple streaming services so it's never it's not really a one-to-one -one competition um, right it is more so like how do we become one of the many that people are choosing 
how yeah what content because even discovery plus is one now which yep. has like hgtv tlc of all of those and i know and i'm like okay well i want to see that extra 90 day fiance material mm-hmm. sure <laughs> um, but it is it's like 4.99 a month I, which seems cheap but also expensive when you're taking everything else in mm-hmm. um <laughs> Another really big thing happened in December 2017. Disney announced that they um, it's intent to acquire 21st Century Fox. Yeah, that's a deal that we haven't really seen it play out all the way yet, right? Like, I mean, they are still. It seems like the results of that are still sh- still working themselves out. I know that we have had some friends or know some people that had worked at uh, Fox when this was happening, and there was a lot of like. Well, any day I could find out that I'm let go or that I've been repositioned somewhere else. And it took a long way, well, a long time for this to kind of uh, to figure out where things are going. But, you know, in a it, for the consumer, this is interesting because now it's like all the Fox properties could end up on Disney Plus. But do they conflict with the Disney Plus brand? I don't you know what does and what doesn't. Um, so, you know, Disney also owns Hulu, like how much of it's going to end up there, too. Um, so it is, yeah, it's, look, I don't know that there's ever going to be a monopoly suit filed against Disney in the streaming space, but (laughs) you know, the more that we dig in, the more it's like, "Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, because, okay. With Marvel getting acquired with, uh, Lucas films getting acquired. Yes. Those are huge. And so many characters, so much, uh, content can be built out of that, but it's still within those universes. Right. Now you have 21st century Fox. A lot of stuff not the same universe. Like, I am not going to see The Simpsons. And uh, what did we say was also on Disney Plus? Like, Isle of Dogs. Right. What? It is just a big, it's one of those things where all the all the, all the lines are connected and overlapping. And it's very messy. And, uh, you know, you feel like the stuff that they're deciding now are things that they're really thinking about, you know, making a decision now so that in 2030 it can look like this. Right. It seems like everything is very future focused. And you're getting that even with this, that already in 2015, they were sampling a streaming service. They knew Disney mm-hmm, Plus was mm-hmm. coming. So then in November 8th, 2018, CEO Bob Iger went ahead and announced that this new streaming service would be called Disney Plus, and it was going to be launched uh, late 2019. Then November 12th, 2019, uh, midnight Pacific time, when it launched in uh, three, it's three initial countries. It opened to an absolutely huge success. It did struggle a little bit in terms of having some um, problems. I remember I was having trouble with it glitching. D- did you? I didn't. I didn't get it at, at, out of the gate. You weren't one of those people waiting up till midnight. I was not. No. Did Do you think I was? Because uh, <laughs> I was. <laughs> of course. Uh, but I do remember I, that, like many Disney things, the the launch was not the smoothest. Um, I think there was a lot of people having trouble logging in, and like with the the servers were like crashing because there were too many people trying to access it, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. they, they've righted the ship, but I mean, it's it's the Disney parks having the asphalt. You know, it's too hot, so people's shoes are sinking into the asphalt in 1955. It's the same thing. I that is funny. The staying on brand, having a little issues in the beginning, but always coming out on top. Uh, and I think that leads us in to our interview with Garrett from D Plus Cast. Uh, I'm excited because we're going to talk about how the last year has looked, what the future of Disney Plus looks like, some of our favorite content on the streaming service. And I'm excited because we get to talk about the parks. 
Yeah, it's another person that's just as into the parks as you are, or at least much closer than I am. So. And without further ado, Garrett Poirier. Garrett, tell me a little bit about well, D Plus Cast first, and what made you want to start doing the podcast to talk about Disney Plus. You know, when I when I first thought of doing something called the D Plus Cast, I just figured Disney Plus is going to have just a huge library of content. And I love watching old movies and talking about old movies. And I figured it would sort of be sort of like a film history type deal. But as things have evolved, like society and time <laughs> and and it's sort of turned into an all-encompassing streaming entertainment uh, uh landscape type deal so where we we sort of keep an eye on what's going on around hollywood and trends and debuts and uh, the fall of quibi for instance uh we're, oh. we're, we're yeah we're always we, we we've got we've got our ear to the ground so that's that's sort of where we're at so it's grown a little bit outside of Disney Plus. Um, I think Disney Plus is so fascinating because it's playing one to all of our nostalgia. It's like it wouldn't work if we weren't nostalgic as human beings because that's so much of what the content is. It's stuff we grew up with, stuff our parents grew up with, um, even you know TV shows and the movies. And then obviously now they're making newer versions of these movies. I talk to a lot of people. Um, I love Jurassic Park. That's kind of what got me into loving dinosaurs. And then it's so cool to see all these little kids have the same reaction for Jurassic World because that's their version and what they're growing up with to be introduced to dinosaurs. Yeah, we, we definitely, we are living in a time of sort of uh, monetized nostalgia in that it just seems so much easier for uh, studios and production companies to, you know, dig into their memory box and pull out an idea and figure out how to make it apply in present day. And sometimes it works out great. Sometimes it doesn't. But uh, Disney Plus is definitely probably at the forefront of of digging into the nostalgia box and trying to freshen it up and, and bring it to a new audience. Oh, yeah, for sure. I I want to uh, talk a little bit more about your relationship with Disney because I realized I have been so lucky to go and be on the D-plus cast and we got to talk about it, but you haven't gotten to talk about it here. So uh, is it the Disney movies that got you into Disney? Like what made you a Disney person? I never really considered myself a Disney person. I was always a movie person. You know, I, I grew up, you know, buying as many VHS tapes and then bought a bunch of DVDs and, and just watched movies over and over and over. And of course, Disney movies fell into that. And, you know, being a kid of the 90s, grew up with all of those, you know, those those children comedies like like The Big Green and, and uh, Blank Check and these like Disney type comedies, you know, with, with, with young kids. Uh, but then I met my girlfriend, my now fiance, and she dragged me to Disneyland and we've just <laughs> sort of been going to Disneyland for eight years. And that turned into going into Walt Disney world. And I've sort of, you know, built this growing appreciation of what kind of stories the parks are telling. And yeah, so I guess, I guess I'm now a Disney person. 
Yes. See, this is my whole goal with Will. He started kind of like you, but by the end of this, he is going to be a Disney person for sure. I'm resisting it as hard as I can. He he does host two Disney podcasts, but he's not a Disney person. Fascinating. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's obviously what excites me. And one of the things I love on Disney Plus is the Imagineering story. It is it's like what I wish slice of Disney was. Uh, I'm not an Imagineer, so I don't have that luxury. But I love. Uh, the storytelling and how honest it is and all of the details that we haven't seen before. It's really well done. It's, it's, I, I don't want to say it's, there, there's like, there's, there's three types of ways to tell a Disney story. One is if you take a complete outsider to tell it and that way Disney will never endorse it. And another way is a Disney throwing their like propaganda machine behind something. <laughs> and then there's the, the middle. And that's sort of where the Imagineering story comes in. It's it's bringing an outsider into the room to, you know, tell a story, being honest, you know, honest ish, maybe uh, enough so that the audience feels like they're not, you know, seeing propaganda. But it's just it's structured really well. I mean, you get a good cry every every episode, it seems. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, Imagineering Story is, I think, I, I wish there was more. I wish there was more coming. I hope there's more I, coming. They has to be, right? I mean, go into more details. They kind of give you the whole, like, beginning, you know, to the future. But still, there's so much more you can do. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're building all sorts of attractions down in Florida uh, with... You know, the Ratatouille ride is opening soon in Epcot, and you've got a Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster. I mean, they have to have camera crews in there just rolling, right? Just getting stuff, just in case, you know, you never know what's going to happen. It'd be like malpractice if they weren't. <laughs> like, if there's anything going on at Disney right now, and there's not, like, a documentary crew following them, I'm thinking, like, what's going on here? Why yeah. are we not what? documenting this? What are you doing wrong? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Yeah. I haven't heard you guys talk about the annual pass stuff yet. <gasps> okay, so I wasn't sure to bring it up now or to make this its own little 15-minute uh, blurb because I it's established that I may or may not have an annual pass and my go once a week and don't know how to live without it. Mm. Uh, Garrett, actually, a couple years ago, I think, posted this picture uh, teasing everyone, making it look like they got engaged, but really it was that they got the... Uh, signature passport or the oh, what is it called premiere premiere oh, passport the premiere passport <laughs> <laughs> going uh the pass that allows you to go to any disney park really any disney thing in the united states yeah it wasn't cheap but it was worth <laughs> it <laughs> yeah it's, it's it was a weird it was a weird week uh my fiance and i are always impressed with how uh, how Disney is able to frame stories and 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 especially on their park side of things. So the week that they decided to cancel the Magical Express down in Florida, which is the the free bus system that takes you from MCO Airport to Disney property, and then releasing a statement saying that they were ending Disneyland's annual pass program without an announcement of what's coming next was just, it lacked so much finesse. It just felt like 
it, it honestly feels like since Bob Chapek has taken over as CEO that there's a lot of a lot of things falling through the cracks. And and listen, I don't I just I want to be lied to. Like I want to be lied to. <laughs> Right, like feed me your propaganda, but when 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 you're when you're saying that my annual pass is being quote sunsetted, as opposed to discontinued, like I know what you're talking about here. So it's 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 frustrating to see, especially this year when, you know, that you see the light coming at the at the end of the tunnel, and the light keeps getting farther and farther away, and, and it's it's frustrating and mind numbing. It's heartbreaking. I can't remember if I said it last week or if I will have said it earlier today, but I had more people check on me <laughs> when th this announcement came out that they were going to be discontinuing the annual pass than I did on my birthday. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I I had people I hadn't talked to in a long time. Are, are you okay? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, it, it's it's frustrating because it feels like a one-sided relationship. It does. Uh, <laughs> but I think I, I just it just it lacked. I think the word I was using that week was it lacked finesse in messaging. It, don't announce that you're going to discontinue something, especially in this day and age when people are so depressed as it is, without giving them even like the 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 taste of what the future could be because you know that they wouldn't have discontinued it unless they already had a plan that they were ready to move forward with. Right. Like you, you just, so I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed in that. And you know, maybe if they hired me, they could avoid these mistakes in the future. <laughs> See what we can do. Yes. Uh, I, 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 I heard that they were doing, um, surveys at downtown disney asking people who were annual pass holders what they wanted in the future like what options they would be interested in i don't know how much of that they're using but supposedly that's what they're doing i'm always weary of those i'm always weary of the the surveys because part of me a good part of me thinks that they just use the surveys to sort of work the numbers to validate what they already are going to do <laughs> as opposed to using the numbers to sort of pave the way to what they're going to do so i mean hey i i think when you are a disney parks fan there are different levels of uh i would say god not cult following but there's there's a certain level of oh I know the word the, the word that uh, we pe people who know wrestling use kayfabe, which is sort of the the imaginary world of Disney right there's there's so much kayfabe certain people can take and for me I, I I'm always gonna look at Disney as a company and my part of the joy of walking through the parks is people watching and seeing what people are drawn to seeing what merch is on the shelves which could then lead to what show is going to get rebooted like you see rescue rangers merch on on a shelf and then you're like oh they're rebooting rescue rangers like it <laughs> makes sense so it's 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 fun looking at those trends and sort of following a company you know in real time i think so that's one of the reasons i was excited to talk to you because that's where we differ um i am i don't like to look at Disney as a company and the numbers. And it was interesting looking into uh, Disney Plus and seeing all of these like logistics and these this executive took over for this person and this person left and these people came in and all that stuff. And I'm like, 
I don't like that. That's so corporate. All of a sudden I'm watching Succession instead of enjoying my Disney magic and seeing how the Imagineers work. And and <laughs> I like, you know, I don't want to peek behind that curtain too much because I'll get sad. <laughs> you want to live in the kayfabe. Uh, I, I'm living there, I guess. So um, so in, in talking about uh, Disney Plus, you know, obviously their numbers are doing well. Yeah, I mean, I think going back to what you were saying, I think my, my following of Disney is sort of like uh, my following of, of politics in that like <laughs> uh, it, it's like for four years, it's like cutthroat. It's 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 cynical. But then like every every time there's an inauguration or an imagineering story appears, I'm like, oh, how awesome. This is great, guys. <laughs> you know, like so. So I can. Yeah, I can I can be roped in emotionally. I can definitely be manipulated, and I allow myself to be manipulated. <laughs> uh, the numbers, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times when a company is telling their shareholders that our five-year goal is to get X amount of subscribers, you definitely want to, you want to under-promise and over-deliver, right? Right, and, of course. And they were able to get their five-year goal before the end of year two and that's huge and it caused you know disney right now uh, their share price has never been higher they're they're the, the day they they announced those numbers it, it was trading at an all-time high but yeah it, it's we, i think a lot of these streaming services are are going to have not a rude awakening but maybe a market correction once this pandemic's over and people decide that there's a different kind of entertainment that they want to fill their days with now that they're allowed to go places. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I was reading um, some of the statistics and it was saying that the audience growth in Disney Plus in the US February to March 2020, so when we switched over the pandemic, was 43.75%. The share of viewers increased uh, during the coronavirus was 68%. And the number of Disney pilots, though, that were canceled due to COVID was 16. We also saw, though, the crazy amount of Marvel and Star Wars projects that are going to be released. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we had talked about some on the on the D Plus cast was uh, in the in the first year of Disney Plus, there didn't seem like there was just a lot of new content. We obviously had the Mandalorian, and we were all jazzed about that, and then we went so long without a tv show uh we had a few things that came out but but we were we were waiting for new stuff to come and their library was getting them through that year but it seems like we are now entering into the like the the programming schedule of disney plus where we're going to be getting new show after new show after new show so i think that they have caught up with uh with the where the audience is um and I guess we'll see, yeah, uh, how many of those end up being hits and reasons to stick with it. Yeah, I've, I've told Will this before, that Disney Plus has me over a barrel, personally. Uh, for $6.99 a month, it's the only place that I can watch Hamilton whenever the heck I want. And it's the only place, so you have my money in perpetuity, you're going to keep raising your prices and I'm going to keep paying it. And, and I'm, I just know this about myself that I, I will always need to have Hamilton at my fingertips. Right. I, uh, 
<laughs> I am 100% with you. I don't talk too much about my love. I mean, obviously, I love Disney movies and Disney shows, but I haven't really gotten into so much of what those look like, what I watch. I have mentioned multiple times how much I have watched Hamilton. I said last week, and Will literally looked at me and was like, are you serious? I mean, I've seen it over 20 times since it was released on uh, Disney+. Plus. And part of it is, you know, I might be having a bad day or a long day. And what do I want to hear? This. So I'm going to put it on in the background. I know it by heart now. So I I can even fast forward to a part I like. You know, it's, oh, it's so good. Yeah. I mean, I just bought a Peloton and so far, the only Peloton rides I have done have been Hamilton rides. Oh, they have uh, a yoga class, too, to Hamilton. I saw so that. I, I, saw the, <laughs> I, I haven't ventured over to the yoga side of things yet. But I, <laughs> I, I, I saw the Hamilton yoga stretch class that I will definitely be. I definitely bookmarked it. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, that, I was so excited. I don't have a Peloton bike, but I have the Peloton classes. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, I'm doing this one over and over. And I'm like singing along. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Disney having that relationship with Lin-Manuel Miranda is gold. And I'm so excited to see what they do in the parks with him. Um, We might be talking about that a little more in the future. And seeing what more projects come about that they're working on. Yeah, when I I remember when Lin when they announced that Lin Manuel Miranda was going to write music for Moana, and I turned to my fiance and I said, "This is Disney jockeying to get Hamilton. It's it's Ooh, to, yeah. it it's to it's to get him in the door, and then all of a sudden he's in Mary Poppins Returns." And I said to my fiance, "Disney's getting Hamilton." <laughs> Yeah, and, that was like the exchange. They're like, oh, even if he's not the best for it, it's okay. We're getting Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. And then they announced they got Hamilton. And my what I ultimately thought the end game for Disney would be that they would get Lin-Manuel Miranda's directorial debut, which they're not. I guess he's got a movie coming out on Netflix this year, which will be his directorial debut. But then I also thought that, listen, Lin-Manuel Miranda's next musical is going to be an instant hit, right? And it's not going to be like Hamilton where you're going to do like three months of previews in San Diego at a small rinky-dink theater. No, if you could get Disney to bankroll it and it becomes a Disney Presents a Lin-Manuel Miranda production on Broadway then Disney can just keep churning out musical after musical from Lin-Manuel, and he basically becomes an added IP. He's like Marvel. He's like Star Wars. Yeah. He's like Pixar. He's, he's, he's coming for Alan Menken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's coming. <laughs> I, if, you, if you can't tell, we love Hamilton. Uh, if you haven't watched it, watch it. Watch it with subtitles, I recommend, because it's a lot going on. It's hard to grasp everything your first view but the subtitles really really help so recommend that okay for those who aren't obsessed with hamilton as we are let's talk about all the other stuff on disney plus okay what do you want to talk about all of it every single thing let's go through four hours later (laughs) okay let me start let's start are we going alphabetically let's start in the a's (laughs) or do you want to go chronological (laughs) let's let's talk let's talk is there anything that you guys have uh that you guys rediscovered um, like what that from your childhood that maybe you had forgotten about or 
uh, or something that's like held up particularly well. I mean, I know we have talked uh, a couple of times about some movies that we've watched and been like, ooh, that's not great in 2020. Um, but there's some <laughs> other that are pretty good too. Well, I will say I haven't wanted to watch a lot of very serious dramas. So turning on a Disney movie has been so comforting and great. So I've gone through a lot of old movies that I haven't watched in a long time. And I've watched rewatched ones that I watch all the time. Coco, Tangled. Um, but then... I hadn't watched Emperor's New Groove in forever. Uh, I watched uh, Ratatouille like five times, even though I, yeah, you things like that. I of course always go back to my favorite, a goofy movie, because it's the haven't best. seen it. What? Haven't seen it. Did you like wait to tell me now so that I could freak out? I guess. That's good content, baby. Oh, <laughs> I got to be honest, I haven't seen a goofy movie since I was since it came out. So, I haven't done a rewatch. I know how popular it is and that shirts are at Target and people love it. I just I just haven't revisited it yet. Should we stop what we're doing now and go <laughs> I my brain is broken. How 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 you guys, it's like the greatest movie. Oh my god, it's like a little sad, but best music ever. Uh, oh my god, what? How have you? Okay, that has to be your next episode because it's amazing. Even though uh, they just did an episode about National Treasure, and Will was like, "Yeah, it was really fun, but like not my fave." And I was like, "What?" Oh my God, that movie's amazing. You're wrong. <laughs> Maybe we should have had you on that podcast. Because I know, it right? <laughs> it was it's basically a... the three of us saying, how do we make this bad movie good? <laughs> no. Oh my God, I loved it. Yeah, I think one of my favorite things revisiting after getting Disney Plus has been Recess. And that is an animated show that really does hold up well. So if you if you grew up on it, go back and watch it because the the jokes still hold up. It's really well written and just really clever. And I hope I hope they uh I hope they bring it back. Let's if we're going to reboot stuff, reboot stuff I like. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that Recess was from like the 2000s. I didn't realize it's like an old show. Uh, no, it's 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 mid nineties. I mean, it's it's when you say it's an old show, you you instantly make me feel old. And... <laughs> yeah, I think we've definitely realized that uh, Garrett and I are a little bit older than Kelly in this uh, in this episode. I love get Goofy movie. Well, maybe we're never and I'm like on, on, I'm like on a streaming service that has stuff dating back to 1928. Do we really consider <laughs> Recess old? I, I'm like, I rewatched Lizzie McGuire movie and like, uh, yeah, my, my, my fiance is obsessed with DCOMs and that's basically what she has on a lot of the time in the background are all the old Disney channel original movies that I didn't grow up on because I didn't have the Disney channel, uh, when, when they were on, that was when Disney channel was like an add on service with cable. You had to pay for the Disney channel. Like, <laughs> no way. No way. You ain't HBO. <laughs> I'll say one of the one of the fun things that I've realized is that there are more movies that are obviously Disney associated than I thought. Like I look at one of the fun things that I've uh, had with the properties on there has been The Princess Bride. Like I obviously a great movie, but I was able to share that with like my nephew and niece who are like Aww. seven and four, and they they watch it like three times in two days, um, and then they're like going around quoting it and stuff, and it's like. Maybe not super age appropriate, but age appropriate enough 
um, that I've really enjoyed that aspect of things. Um, the ones that are not obviously Disney characters, um, but still have that fall under the Disney umbrella and therefore I get it through Disney plus. Uh, well, yeah, princess, and, princess bride is actually a, a Fox property. So a, a lot oh, of the content, sorry. a lot of the content that you're getting on Disney plus now is because of Disney, you know, acquiring uh 20th century Fox and all of that content. So all, any Fox content that you could maybe sort of, it sort of has a, has a, a vague scent of Disney. They, they throw it on Disney plus and anything that they're like, Oh, we don't really want to touch this. They, they sort of throw over on Hulu or, you know, they, they lease it out to a Netflix or another streaming service. Right. I think that fascinates me that now like Anastasia yeah. Always like, wasn't the, a Disney princess? Well, now, technically, she <laughs> is. <laughs> She's joined in the family. And it's like yesterday, I just finished watching episode three of WandaVision. And then it's like other shows you might or other things you might want to watch. Isle of Dogs. <laughs> so yeah. What Wes yeah. Anderson is on Disney Plus now. Okay. That's the last uh, person you'd expect on Disney Plus. I'm like, Hannah Montana. Great. What? Why? I actually, I... I watched Isle of Dogs, but <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. But uh, like, you know, I was like, oh, I should watch it. That that actually like it hits a different uh, area of taste for me than what I usually think of when I go to Disney Plus. Ooh, and Princess and the Frog. Rewatched that a couple times. Sure. Ugh, yeah. So good. See now, I, th- that's what this is what Disney does. Like now, I'm like, ah, I just want to watch all these things because they all make you so happy and feel good. They let's talk about their new content though. Sure. So, Mandalorian, I'm obsessed. I love it. I'm not a star. I was never, I didn't grow up being a Star Wars nut. I was, I was never, in fact, like, I think the first Star Wars movie I watched, like, my cousin was forcing me to watch it on Thanksgiving, and he started with Return of the Jedi, and I was just like, this is boring, dude. I'd I'd rather (laughs) be watching, like, Dick Tracy, you know? Uh, Oh, wow. I never was into Star Wars. So even the, the, the newer movies, sure, they were okay and fun, ultimately not great. But Mandalorian has been everything that I personally would have wanted from Star Wars. And to know that it's also what the hardcore Star Wars fans want, it's, it's nice that it's feeding both of those audiences. That I'm a novice and, and it's got enough details in it to to feed the diehards but also you know keep a cheap seat season ticket holder like me entertained he says this while he has a bb8 that he built in the parks behind him i do i I love bb8 i love bb8 he's so cute well i think i think it's it kind of goes uh to draw like a bigger connection here i think between the disney parks and the disney properties and then the stuff that's coming out is like you know one of the big appeals to disney parks compared to a six flags or a universal is the accessibility to someone that is more of a casual goer and it is the attention to detail it's it's both really fun at a shallow level and really fun at a deep level and they have brought that to at the very least WandaVision and Mandalorian. I mean, you know, those are two like properties that they didn't really have to knock out of the park. They didn't have to have that attention to detail uh, in order for people to watch it. People still would have been talking about it, but because they do, they become a reason for me to stay subscribed. Um, and so I, I don't know that every 
new show is going that's going to come out is going to work on those different levels. But I so far it seems like they are, and and a big thing that we've talked about is like it's continuing to earn my trust and it's continuing to earn my dollar. So I don't need uh, to pay $7 a month to have access to Hamilton whenever, but I am (laughs) curious as to what the next Marvel show is going to be. So they're, they're really smartly executing on this in a way that I didn't honestly expect um, when, when it, when they first decided to launch Disney Plus. I haven't gotten to watch WandaVision yet. I just had a lot going on, but it's not for a lack of interest. So I'm, very excited to sit down and finally watch it. But you know what I haven't watched is Mulan. And with that said, I've watched the cartoon Mulan multiple times since Disney Plus was a thing. But I have not sat down and watched the the live uh, action one yet. Yeah, we, we did an episode on Mulan when it came out. I, I spent the the $20 to for the premiere access only because of the podcast let me make that clear <laughs> so so <laughs> i only spent the money because i i said this is this is uh, disney plus is releasing this i i need to uh, we're gonna review it on the podcast so i need to spend the money that being said it wasn't worth the 20 dollars. and i think a lot of these live action remakes that disney has done have been really forgettable there's some good stuff in mulan like really good stuff and and it's it's it, it's 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 great there's some good filmmaking there's some good battle scenes it's inclusive it's diverse it it checks all the boxes that you want but ultimately it's sort of forgettable you know it it came and it went that's it that's i think why i've been scared to watch it so i love friends i didn't watch the finale for like the first five times that i watched the series and it's kind of like And it's kind of like that for me. I love Mulan so much. I don't, it's one of my favorite classics. So I'm like, I don't, I'm nervous because everyone I talked to, everyone knew how excited I was to watch it. And then everyone who watched it was like, ooh, wasn't great. Well, don't be nervous. What what do you think the worst that could happen would happen? I mean. I don't know. (laughs) You might get bored. Then you could just, you can exit out of it. That's the wonderful thing about streaming at home is that you can just stop and watch something else i can't i must commit i must watch the whole thing (laughs) (laughs) which i've done with some other uh the only one that i really to be honest did not like was the new beauty and the beast it was terrible terrible now 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 you brought up something that speaks close to my heart uh I, i i beauty and the beast ranks as my number five favorite movie of all time that's not my number five favorite disney film that is my number five favorite film. It goes Goodfellas, number one, Road to Perdition, number two, Jurassic Park, number three, The Shawshank Redemption, number four, and Beauty and the Beast sits at number five. I adore this movie. On <laughs> Blu-ray, it's beautiful. Uh, one thing we don't talk about enough about Disney+, Plus, Will, is the, the, the amount of content they have in 4K. So so they're really spending money on the actual quality of the stream. That movie was terrible. It was <laughs> it was terrible. There there's there I don't think it had any redeeming qualities about it. I I I don't like that it exists, but hey, what you going to do? <laughs> I don't like that it exists. I was super bummed. Um because I was really excited for it. I think that's it. Like it burned me so hard where like after that I was like, "All right, Aladdin." I enjoyed Aladdin because I didn't expect 
Aladdin, the animated movie, I expected more of a Beauty and the Beast scenario. Um, I really liked Jungle Book, actually. That was probably my favorite so far. Jungle Book was great. And uh, when we when we were still able to go to bars uh, before the world ended, I one of my favorite like bar conversations with my film nerd friends, because it would always sort of trigger them, would I, I'd ask them, I'd say, like, who do you think is like the most influential filmmaker of the past decade? And then they'd bring out these independent filmmakers and these artistic mavericks. And I would always say, it's John Favreau. Because you I can't argue with it. You can't, you can't like, whether, whether you like it or not, Iron Man set the tone of the MCU. And then Jungle Book was just fantastic. And, and, and then that led into the Lion King remake, which was a fine exercise. Like, I wasn't offended by anything by it, except for the Beyonce song was not not great. But, <laughs> but like, you know, it was fine. Uh, but then, and now he's got Mandalorian. It's just, I mean, Jon Favreau is the king of the mountain right now. And it's it's hard to argue otherwise. I love him. He's like my dream person to work with. Yeah. Okay, so one thing that's kind of fun for me is that Will will come every week and kind of talk about what he talked about on D plus like they've done some really fun episodes with brackets and um, some of the TV show uh, intro songs, which I always think is funny because the ones I brought up and the ones they brought up were, I was like Hannah Montana. And they're like, no, (laughs) we did. We did did a Disney princess death match. I I did. I listened to that. Fun. We have. It was, it's really fun. Um, But I like, Will will come back after watching a Disney movie that maybe he's seen or hasn't seen. And it's always so interesting what he gets excited about and what he doesn't. Um, Like Soul, I think everybody loves Soul. It was so good. And I don't know if I would classify it as a kid's movie. Yeah, I mean, frankly, I I don't know if I've ever seen Will excited. So... Uh, if you could, if you could like snap a photo at any time and send that to me, let me know. Uh, so I know in the future when it happens, um, with, with, with soul, I, I really, we talked about soul at length on our, uh, pod. And for me, I'm not going to spoil anything if you haven't watched it, but I was expecting the entire movie. I was dreading a particular ending. And I was just like, this is where it's going to go, isn't it? This is where it's going to go. And it didn't go there. So I feel like I will much more enjoy Soul on a second viewing. Uh, oh, not bringing, I get it. Not bringing that, like, dread uh, yeah. of, of I'm, I'm just, I'm glad, I'm happy with how it ended. And I was dreading a different ending. So... I don't, I don't know if it's a kid's movie, but then I hear people, they throw their kids in front of the TV and they just like seeing Tina Fey's character. What is she, number 22? Or what's her character again? I think 22, yeah. 22, uh, 23. She's in the 20s. We know that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 can't, I can't look at Pixar movies in that way because I don't have children at the moment. Right. But I do know what it was like when I watched Pixar movies as a kid. And watching Toy Story as a kid was a certain experience, but I watched Toy Story as an adult, and I completely see that thematically it's telling a completely different story than what it was telling me as a kid. 
you know right uh, as a kid i'm like oh they're they're just toys who don't want to be lost right as an adult i'm thinking oh no buzz sorry woody is like a parent and doesn't want to be replaced as a child's growing up and and these these simple child-friendly stories can expand and, and become you know much more encompassing and i think that's what pixar gets right oh, like don't talk genius. down to kids like keep keep kids entertained and let the adults see the the, the deepness in the story and the character right i i do think pixar they're masterminds what's not a mastermind on disney plus um I am obsessed with the Haunted Mansion, as everybody knows. I should have a tattoo of it. I did rewatch the movie. Oh, my God. (laughs) What? What is happening? It's so bad. It's so (laughs) bad. (laughs) I I turned it on, too, as like, oh, maybe we could, like, have a couple cocktails and, and, (laughs) you know, have some fun watching Haunted Mansion. It's like, it's so bad I, it's I like had, it's so convoluted it oh makes no sense no sense i could convince my roommates to watch it with me and like 20 minutes in one of my roommates was like i'm just gonna go to bed i can't do this <laughs> <laughs> it's it's something it, haunted mansion is definitely one of those ips that i hope they they reevaluate and reboot i mean i know they're they're in the middle of trying to reboot pirates of the caribbean with they uh, said uh, they're gonna do a haunted mansion movie and my only concern is that i won't be in it i mean i need to be in it i must (laughs) i must i but i you know i felt that way about jurassic world and you know i'm gonna put it out there right i'm gonna be in the haunted mansion movie too (laughs) yeah you gotta you gotta put that you gotta put that energy out there yes (laughs) to make things i feel like haunted mansion might work better as a tv series like i was thinking the the same thing. thing I was thinking the same thing. I don't want to rush through Haunted Mansion. I think I'm not as much of a fan of Haunted Mansion as Kelly. Uh, To me, I'm like, it's, it's, I I love the facade on the outside. I love the architecture, but I'm not one of the like devils in the details obsessed with Haunted Mansion like other people are, but I would love to watch a TV series that does do that, you know, sort of the way the Mandalorian does. Uh, like being able to dig it, get the deep cuts while still entertaining me with a good, compelling story. And let's let's just put John Favreau in in, in charge of it. Like, <laughs> yes, he's, he's not oh. he's not busy, right? <laughs> he doesn't have like eight million other things going on. Speaking nah. of future Disney things, what does the future of Disney Plus look like? I feel like I'm I'm at like the State of the Union, and I want to say like the state of Disney Plus is strong. <laughs> you- <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think the strategy, and we've discussed this on our on our pod quite a bit. Now that the MCU shows have begun, I think the strategy of keeping subscribers engaged with Disney Plus is to have something fresh every Friday. And if it's if it's a half out, what I loved about Mandalorian to begin with was how short the episodes were. There is nothing more mind numbing to me than watching an HBO show that that is good, but could be great. But it's not great because they fill like 20 minutes of fluff to get it to like 53, 54 minutes. Like the rules, there are no rules anymore. Like just tell the story you want to tell. And you don't need to fit it within a, a network schedule or a, a, a Sunday time spot. So if, if, if I get a half hour 
every Friday of something on the level of WandaVision or Mandalorian, and it just keeps that schedule going 52 weeks a year, I'm going to keep subscribing. And I think a lot right. of people are like that. Yeah. Because once one division's over, we're going right into Falcon and Winter Soldier, which then goes right into Loki, which then goes and it just it seems like we're just going to keep getting Marvel every Friday like it's a new comic book issue. <laughs> OK, so Will always ask me questions at the end of every episode. So I'm going to ask you. OK. Um, We're going to stick to you can do Disney World or Disneyland. It's okay. just a world where all parks are together. OK. OK. First question. The parks are closing, and all of the rides have a ten-minute wait. Okay. What do you go on? So I can, so I can go on. I, basically, I can go on any ride. I got one, one ride before my trip's over. I, I love Expedition Everest in Animal <gasps> Kingdom. I just, it's such a thrilling roller coaster, and there aren't a lot of thrill rides at at Disney parks. But if I were to choose a Disneyland equivalent, uh. uh Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout is just always such a blast. And Wow, I love those answers. I wasn't expecting either. What what were you expecting? I don't know, but I I just I mean I love Everest. <laughs> Everest to me is like a perfect ride. So Yeah. I I'm excited. And then my second question for you is if there's anything you can change about the Disney Park experience, what would it be? Oh, good God. <laughs> how, how much time do you have? <laughs> For me, my my biggest frustration is always getting into the park. And and my I'm always yelling at my fiance, like, I'm I'm waiting to give them money. Why am I waiting in line to get <laughs> into the park? Like, let me in, you know? So, so I, I, I sort of use, I'm, I, I love going on attractions and rides at Disney parks, but I love just sort of walking around and soaking in the ambiance. So in terms of change, I just, I, I wish it was less crowded. I, I, or I wish they were able to come up with a system where, you know, a, a ride wasn't a 180 minute wait because that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. There, there should be, we've got enough artificial intelligence and we've got enough spreadsheets and algorithms <laughs> to figure out a way that people can enjoy these parks without getting so stressed out. I don't get stressed out because I don't have kids and I don't put my, I never put my trip on like a pedestal. Like it's, this is, I got to get everything in. I got to get everything done. For me, I'm on vacation at Disney World. I'm not going to get stressed out. So I don't even know if that answered the question, but that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I think that that is their goal by raising ticket prices and stuff, but people just keep giving it. I think they raised like last year, you know, it was the most expensive their tickets have ever been. And they had more people buy annual passes and tickets than ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, not 2020. Uh, the last time we had real life. So 2019. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to, and I'm going to change the last question a little bit. So usually we'd ask, like, where does the the attraction or show or whatever it might be fit in your day? I'm going to mm -hmm. ask you, what is the one thing you always make sure to have a fast pass for at either park? Always have a fast pass for Space Mountain at Disneyland. And at uh, Walt Disney World, 
I always want to have a fast pass for, I'm trying to go through all four parks here. I always want to have a fast pass for Tower of Terror? Oh. I think Tower of Terror. But like really legit, that's just like emotionally, logistically, you always want to have a, a, a fast pass for Flight of Passage because it's <laughs> like, because it's a, like three and a half hour wait. And if you don't have a fast pass, I'm not waiting that long to go on anything. I'm yeah, not, I'm, it, not, I'm, not wait, I'm not waiting that long to get a vaccine, let alone go on a ride, you know? Just kidding. I'll yeah. wait that long for a vaccine. If, the, if, if anybody's listening, I will wait that long for a vaccine. <laughs> All right. Uh, I will round it out then. I did find a Yelp on Disney. Um, a recurring segment that we've started doing on this is finding a Yelp review of the attraction we are talking about. Um, I could not find mm. a Yelp page for Disney+, Plus, but I did find a Yelp discussion of Netflix versus Disney+. Plus. Um, So our commenter on today's Yelp on Disney is RM. He has a profile picture that is just the NFL logo. Um, He has (laughs) nine Yelp friends and seven reviews. So on this topic of Yelp versus Disney plus versus Netflix, uh, RM says, I don't like Disney, so I really don't care. (laughs) Wow. You know, the internet has really ruined ruined the human experience, hasn't it? Really it really has. It really has. Like, yeah. imagine imagine living your life <laughs> and you're just like, I don't care, but I feel the need to weigh in. That's what I that's what I was thinking. I was like, if you don't care, why did you comment? Well, as part of our Disney cult, thank you for coming, Garrett. Thanks for having me. I am glad that we got to talk about Disney. I feel like the problem is we could talk for hours and hours and hours and hours. So <laughs> I, I'm just I'm, I'm just ha- I'm just happy to talk to someone other than Will for like the first time. <laughs> I'm happy to not have to talk. I'd say months. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know it's great. Uh, anything you want to plug, Garrett? Yeah, let me plug my uh, let me plug. You can follow our podcast at D Plus Cast, uh, D P L U S C A S T on Twitter and Instagram, and find us wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Garrett G A R Y T T. So, yeah, give me a shout out. I'm uh, don't you for have friends. a Disney a Disney <laughs> Instagram? I do. I've God. I have a lot of Instagrams that I've sort of abandoned in quarantine because I've just lost interest. But uh, Buena Vistagram nineteen fifty five is my Disney specific Instagram where I like to post some Disney parks photos. And Yay. Buena Vista is is uh, is the name of the street, the main street in Cal- Disney's California Adventure. And I just love the vi- I love the vibe of Buena Vista Street in Disney's California Adventure. It's it's the time I wish I was alive. <laughs> it is, it's pretty wonderful. We'll have to, uh, when the parks open, um, we wanna be able to do some live episodes from there, so you'll have to come. I'll, I'll, I'll be at the bar at Carthay Circle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's where we'll find you, we'll come to you. <laughs> Thanks for well, having me, guys. Yeah, you're welcome. So that was our interview with Garrett. Thanks again for coming on. Yes, thank you. I'm so glad. I, I, I've always wanted him to come on, and so it felt exciting that for our 40th we got to have him. It's also very exciting because, you know, they have their own Disney podcast going on. So check them out, too, for sure, as part of our little Will's 
oddball media productions yeah um as always uh if you want to reach out to us uh you can do that at slice of disney on facebook and instagram or slice underscore of underscore disney on twitter you can email us at slice of disney pod at gmail.com and now you can follow us on youtube at slice of disney that's true. Yeah. Subscribe on there. The more subscribers we get, the easier it is to find. So eventually. <laughs> so eventually people will find us. Uh, so check that out. And remember that the beginning of February, we're going to be launching our Patreon and our website. Yeah. So look out for that too. We're check that excited. out. We're excited to have some new content uh, specifically for our Patreon listeners. Uh, we're thinking maybe of teasing a little of that too. So uh, so I'm excited for all things Slice of Disney 2021. So thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. Uh, thank you for encouraging my addiction to Disney ears <laughs> and everything else. And we will talk to you soon. Okay, bye.